Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you for another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It's about 9.30 on Sunday night, November 20th. How you doing, Josh? Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, I feel blessed that we are recording at 9.25 local, t- local time, at least. So we have a few hours to uh, blow this off and not go to bed angry, if possible. Right. But I feel like that might happen anyway. Well, for those who are unaware, the Dallas Mavericks lost in another truly humiliating fashion, this time falling to the Denver Nuggets, 98 to 97. Uh, The Denver Nuggets were were without their top three players. Um, Aaron Gordon missed the game due to uh, an undisclosed illness, and Nikola Jokic and um, Jamal Murray missed the game due to health and safety protocols. The Dallas Mavericks received uh, a gift in the form of a 23-point game, career-high scoring game for Josh Green and still managed to lose this basketball game. I got to be honest, like at the moment, maybe as we talk, I'll find some, but I just don't have the juice for this because to me, this is like, it's a demoralizing and humiliating loss and the kind of thing that we saw coming where none of us who have been watching this team are surprised. Luka Doncic look like shit. Tim Hardaway can't play basketball. Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock were beyond useless. I mean, good God, Reggie was negative 25 and 26 minutes. That's impressive. He had Um, some really bad, like (laughs) that. He, he just had some really bad luck. I mean, People are going to cr- crush him, and especially Twitter. Like you know, sure. Twitter already wanted to send him to Detroit or like or Siberia or or something. Yeah. And, but he had some really unlucky moments where he would like check into the game, and the team would like just it wasn't his fault. Yeah, negative twenty five is what yeah. I'm trying to say. I mean, he didn't play well. But he added to it, but I'm just that's why it stands out. Well, so. and so and here I am saying Luca played like shit, yeah. but my man, like six to ten from the line. Again, just he started the game lackadaisically and slow. He eventually got some stuff together, kind of, but not really. The game, the the shot that he took for a game-winning basket, or really, you know, that would have won the game, was a terrible shot. And once again, these Dallas Mavericks don't have any juice out of timeouts whatsoever. Just garbage, like, let's just get the ball in and figure out what to do. I mean... I've tried not to do the coaching staff thing because I think coaching is hard. I mean, we make fun of like Jason Kidd crossing his arms and stuff, but that's not really criticizing coaching in so much as it's like, I'm just to the point now where I'm like, what, what are, what are they doing? Uh, It is pretty funny. Like you talked about at the start, how you just don't have the juice to get mad because it's like, I have a column that I'm, gonna put the finishing touches on i mean this this is the team right this is yep. like how can you get mad like they just lost to the rockets like how, like they lost to the wizards without bradley beal they lost the magic without um you know uh, uh banchero like there is no energy left to get mad at these losses because they've already like every all seven of their losses except for have felt like the most excruciating losses of all time like you can literally go down the list and i do that in my column Literally every single one of their seven losses has some like really embarrassing marker to it, whether it's a sizable halftime lead that's blown or they lose to a, to a bad team missing its best players. 
it, like every literally just if you, you if you don't want to wait for my column to publish i think it's going to publish on tuesday because you've got a banger well, why don't we uh, brought them both hell they <laughs> both just like let's just cook this team with with well mine's not really gas. cooking them it's just kind of commenting on how funny it is to talk about the team because they have those seven inexplicable losses and then you look at their nine wins and it's like oh they beat toronto they beat memphis they beat yeah it's this team is just Hilarious! They're gonna probably what uh, their next game is is Boston on the road. They're gonna. I mean, would it shock you if they beat Boston by like six? Like no, no, no like, because Luca gets it up and really goes yeah. goes for the jugular in these games. Yeah, and and that's probably a good place to start. Luke, like you said, Luca didn't have a good game. Um, he you know he has to set the tone in these games where they have to take care of business. He's the star. He's a two hundred million dollar player. Um, and he shot. He missed both of his shots in the fourth quarter. Um, he missed both of his free throw. He didn't make to take any free throws. He only took two threes uh, in the fourth quarter. He scored zero points. Um, in the second half, he was three of nine from the floor, uh, 10 points, which, you know, he got 10 points, which is pretty decent. But, you know, three of nine from the floor. I mean, he just never looked good throughout the game. And, and you know, you would lean on your best player to get you through these kind of sluggish games. Cause you know, like it or not, the role play, like Bullock and Finney Smith and, and didn't, like these guys are going to have games where they, you know, these guys aren't all stars. They're not going to shoot 40% from three every single night. They're not going to score efficiently every night. You know, like there's a reason why they're role players and they're not all stars is because they just, they're not going to have these amazing games every single night. You know, it's just the way it is in the NBA your role players. Sometimes they're just not consistent. They're going to have stinkers every now and then. Um, and that's when you rely on the star to be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to push through. I guess the problem is, is he's already off to like one of the best starts in NBA history in ter- like in terms of his statistical performance. And it's already kind of feeling like, you know, he has to do that every single game. Um, I mean, what Luca has been mortal for, I'm looking, I'm going to look this up real quick. Uh, they are. Yeah, they are. Oh, he's only scored under thirty points in three games this season. They're zero and three in those three <laughs> games. So, like, <laughs> you know, they. So part of me, you know, Luca didn't look good. His body language sucked, especially toward the end of the game. And he took another crappy shot at the end of the game, which is, you know, we've gone through two coaching staffs, and he still takes those those long threes at the end of games for game winners. So it's you know that's not a coaching thing. That's a Luca thing. But then, but you know, I'm looking at the rest of his games, and it's like, well, good lord, like. How can I be that mad at him when he's literally putting up like 35 every night and they're still, you know, and it's the only like, and that's literally the only way they can win games is if he scores, you know, 33 to 30 to 40 points. So it's a, it's just a weird feeling. You want to, you want to crush him, but like, dude, if he was playing like a normal good Lucas, like if he was just doing like 27, eight and seven, like on still decent, like they would be a sub 500 team. So again, it's just a weird, this math season is so weird. You can easily get mad at them, and then you can be like, "Oh, well, they'll be fine." And like, they just kind of flip flop within game, game to game and half to half, quarter to quarter, they flip flop. Yeah. It's just it's pretty crazy. Well, it's really not that fun. Is the is the other thing? No, there's where, no consistency. Yeah, like there's. I'm, I don't feel like I'm learning anything. I mean, I, the only thing I really <laughs> feel like I've learned is that Jason Kidd does not want to play Christian Wood. He does not want to play no. Christian Wood. He's made Green earn minutes. And I know Green has, like, people really want Green to play more. Um, I mean, before tonight, Josh Green had hit, he was shooting 10% from three since the Brooklyn game. 
Yeah, didn't he, did he enter this game with 11 made three-pointers and he 11 made 11 on the season and he hit six which is to say that like my scoring expectations for green are always like can he hit one open shot a game can he take three open shots a game and let's be real if it wasn't for him this would be this would have been a blowout he was the best player on the floor for hands for down the not, not a close. question he played yeah. good defense yeah bones hounds a son of a bitch to guard but he he <laughs> He was he was why thing you know he hit that one off a of movement he hit a number above the break threes yeah Josh that pick Green and pop the, three yeah the pick and pop stuff is nice where it's like yeah. okay you know actually that reminds me I had said it's, something mid game about this that I wanted to <laughs> want you to kind of break down for me because I understand it but I'm also frustrated by it one of the things I've seen way too much this season is Reggie Green or uh, Reggie Bullock as the screener and and popping can you walk me through why the Mavericks do that so damn much because I haven't seen it work for shit. <laughs> well, it worked a lot last season. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I mean, Bullock basically acted like a pick and pop big when he set screens and he, you know, he was a good shooter toward the end of last season in the playoffs. And that really works. And the small, small pick and roll with Luca with a small screening for Luca, whether it's Bullock, uh, they did it a lot in the Carlisle era with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, and we've seen it with Josh Green and it's been really, I mean, I feel like when Josh Green, I want to see the synergy data of like what the Mavericks points per possession is when Josh Green, uh, sets a screen on the ball. Like it's so like, it's a really good play for the Mavs and Luca, because instead of getting like an, you know, potentially an athletic rim protecting big, you know, either trapping Luca or deterring him from the basket, you know, you're getting a small that has to guard that pick and roll and, you know, wings and guards aren't, you know. They have to navigate through screens, but it's different guarding a pick and you know guarding a pick and roll. That's a big's job to do. Uh, that's not usually a guard or a wing, so it's not something they have a lot of repetition with. So the Mavericks can catch some teams off guard when they when they bust that out, uh, and and it works when Reggie's hitting his threes. But Reggie is decidedly not hitting his threes, and the problem with it that compounds with it is that he also just doesn't do anything else. So um, if he's not hitting threes, you know he's not. He is not dribbling into the paint. He's not attacking closeouts. Um, he's. I just either... feel like he's getting the ball on those. If he's getting doubled at all, <clears throat> I feel like I've seen him almost auto-rotate. He takes an early three, and if it doesn't go in, then he's just pushing the ball around, and it ends up in Spencer right. when he's hands in the corner. And, you know, Spencer, I talked to my good friend, Seth, Seth Pollock told me this, and uh, not Paul, except the uh, part now told me this, and he's one, he's basically one of the best statistical minds in basketball media. He told me that even factoring in like the shot quality Spencer's been getting, Spencer's been shooting basically 10% above his head so that he's going to come down to 35 to 38%, which is fine. Still fantastic to be. Yeah, that'd honest. be great for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, but tonight. But that's like, all these guys. That's the problem with the whole team, right? Is that. Bingo. All of these guys, if you run, you know, if they set screens for Luca or you, if Luca kicks it out to them, if they're not making that spot up three, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. If they're not making that spot up three, that's it. Like they're passing the ball along or they're missing a shot. There's no yep. dribble penetration. There's no attacking the closeouts. The only guy on the team that can do that is Dinwiddie. Um, and occasionally Josh Green will do it. He did it a couple times tonight. Um, and he got two buckets in the paint uh, outside of his six made threes. So. Uh, you know, but again, that's just, even if you play, I mean, Green played 30 minutes, he scored 23 points. You got the perfect Josh Green game and, and you lost by and one. And you lose. So, like, right. there's more rather... There's more to figure out than just play Josh Green more minutes or, you know, they, they've, 
there's some well, roster issue that him playing 30 minutes might improve some bits and pieces of these games, but it's not going to fix the overall issue. Well, so that, that kind of goes to my next question. The small, small screen and roll stuff, at the top of the key has been, been helpful for Dallas for a while. Seth Green and Luca or Seth Green, uh, Seth Curry and, and Luca were incredible at this. Mm-hmm. The thing that I don't understand is like, why do you like, I don't recall any Spencer Luca screen and roll stuff. Any. Why would you not want two of your best ball handlers in a position to to attack? It, it, yeah. It, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how many times have you been asking Luca to set screens? Sure, yeah, it doesn't happen. So, yeah, you know, it just it doesn't make sense to me because Spencer is so willing to just gun it from three. Granted, it's been going in; it's fine. But if 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 the the optimal result for the Mavericks and not optimal, but if like the one of the main options for the Mavericks out of this sort of screen and roll offense where the ball rotates around the perimeter is to take that corner three. Why would you not want Bullock in the corner taking threes over Spencer? And then maybe Spencer can attack the rim. I just, I feel sort of weird on this because it's, you know, we're, we haven't even gotten to the Christian Wood of it all where we don't, Wood and Luca just apparently can't play together. It, it's, it, well, let's let's talk about the offense, and I think the reason why you know maybe we'll see adjustments because we still haven't hit the twenty. <clears throat> we're not even to the twenty game mark, so we haven't even played a quarter of the season. So there's still time for them to do different things. But I mean, you think about the coaching staff change from the Carlisle regime to the Kid regime, and one of the biggest things about the Kid takeover, you know, they have Jared Dudley. You know, they have some younger guys on the staff that can relate to these players a bit more. You know, one of the things about the kid coaching staff has been they kind of let the guys just play it out. And one of the big criticisms for the Carlisle coaching staff, you know, when he left and a lot of the, you know, Tim McMahon reporting behind the scenes and the players are disgruntled because Carlisle was so particular. Like guys had to be in certain spots within like an inch, you know, like they taped up the floor. Remember the the stories about how they taped up the floor for spacing like. You know, Carlisle is a smart basketball mind, but he's also a stubborn, not not necessarily stubborn, but he's also a particular basketball mind where he just wants things a certain way. He wants guys in certain roles to do certain things and not do other things. And a big breath of fresh air with the kid coaching staff was like, okay, like we don't have these set rules. You can do this, you can do that. And I think part of the downside is potentially you get nights like this where there isn't necessarily a cohesive vision to the offense outside of give the ball to Luca, set some screens and shoot, you know, and see what happens. So, you know, they don't have uh, Igor who went to, or is it Igor? I, don't know, I can't pronounce his name. I'm so sorry. You know, Igor Profoskov. Yes, he left for Brooklyn. And we know that he was a big proponent of, you know, a lot of their out of timeout stuff, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of their set play stuff he was credited with, with yep. designing a lot of that action. Well, He's kid no got all here. the credit, but we now know it was him because they just don't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah. So, you know, there's, their, their staff, uh, I don't know much about, you know, I know Sean Sweeney, he's a defensive guy. Kid is a defensive guy in terms of like his coaching preference. I don't know enough about the other coaches on the staff to know their pro- proclivity and like what they prefer. Like, I don't know if they have like an offense, you know, is one of their guys on staff like a big offense? Like, I just don't know. So that's potential for, you know, these kind of things. And like, you know, it doesn't matter who's the coach. Luke is going to shoot a 27 footer to end the game every single time. Like if they're down a point, you know, down a possession. So that's not a coaching thing. That's like a Luca thing, you know? So part of it's, you know, Luca gets, you know, how much do we talk about? Like Luca should get more say and how the, the roster is controlled. Well, he certainly, I think gets a lot of say in how the team plays. So 
how much of that is coaching, how much of that is what Luca likes to do. And, and a big thing with the Carl era was like Carl tried to make Luca do things that Luca didn't always want to do. So I don't know. Running an NBA team with a superstar can be more difficult than I think we 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 can talk about. Uh so they got it, but they, at the end of the day, they gotta figure it out. Like the results are the results. So I not trying to make excuses, but I mean that's maybe why we're seeing what we're seeing. The problem the next thing is is okay, how do you how do you rectify it? What what's the adjustment? What are we gonna see? Because they clearly can't just do what they're doing now for the full eighty two games, or they're gonna be, you know, another six, seven seed. And that's probably unacceptable for a team that has a player as good as Luca. Sure. Well, we, we should at least address something that I think yeah. a lot of fans are going to be pretty persnickety about. At the end of the first half, Luka Doncic took a really incredible three that <laughs> would have put the Mavericks up, I think, by seven, maybe? Yeah, 59-52 was what it was when the commercial break started. Right, all right. So yeah. uh, we come back from halftime, and there's two seconds on the clock, and the score is 54, or was it? No, sorry, 55-52, uh, whatever the hell it was. I'm sorry, it the, the the score was what it was at the end of halftime. And instead they they're uh before that shot, they essentially wiped the the score away um because they determined that Luca's uh Luca's heel was out of bounds when he when he took the shot. Uh so because that was part of the shot, according to the pool report here, they're saying um, the first part of the rule 13 instant replay section, a field goal made with no time remaining on the shot clock in any period. And with that, and this is from, uh, of the referee, uh, Sean Wright. And with that, within that trigger, we have a reviewable matter, which is sele- section two, a two, basically reading from the rule book, whether the shooter committed the boundary line violation or touched the ball out of bounds prior to entering the basket the video showed his heel on the line when he shot it so they're basically saying they're able to overturn the shot because his heel was like on the line as part of the process i don't fucking understand it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and make make sense of it but and it's the, also because it was a it ended the half like don't they yes. always they always automatically review shots that i still don't understand how that like it the, the the reading of the rule book does not make logical sense to me i don't particularly care though because as we've let off the podcast with when you lose to a team that is missing its three best players you should do what they did on friday night which was beat them by 30 uh so this that element of it just doesn't really interest me. I mean, Vlatko Kankar hit an incredible traveling three-point shot in the two seconds. Uh, the two seconds that remained in the first half when we came back after halftime, uh, that changed the game because the Mavericks basically found themselves down one, then they were down almost immediately, and they played the whole third quarter from behind. I just sort of wanted to address it um, because – I think there's weird. Be a lot. Yeah, it's weird, and it'll be something that sort of gets like glossed over because it's a real like technical thing for why it happened. I mean, it goes to make the argument like largely that that the NBA and a lot of sports leagues should really get like move away from replay entirely. Like re- replay the the um, last two minute report. All like all these sorts of things do nothing. They change nothing. Like the game still stands. All we're learning is that the referees are making mistakes and it makes everybody more complaining about mistakes. I'm not, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm happy to talk about refs, but this is not like one of these things why the Mavericks lost. The Mavericks lost because they beat themselves once again. And that's just sort of where we stand. Right. Um, yeah. And enough said. I don't know what else to say other than it was 
<laughs> he drilled that. He drilled that half quarter too. He didn't even bank it. He, he nailed it. Um, do we need to talk about Christian Wood before we go? Yeah, he only played 17 minutes for reasons that aren't gonna <laughs> like like Christian Wood has not been made available to the media in a long time. Can There's they go in the locker room? There's reasons for that. Is he not in the locker room available? Uh, he's to? not. Be, I, see, I'm not. The tiered media access matters with this. And so they make a certain number of players available after every game for commentary. Yeah, they go, that's to, the, where they go to the stuff. like the media room. Yeah, like the little media podium. Like kid goes and usually two players because that's where we're getting the transcript stuff too. And then you'll see different people who are at the game or watching, you know, Bally's after the game that are like, quote, like basically tweeting out what people are saying. Tim McMahon probably gets to go in the locker room. But I mean, there's not, you don't get Christian Wood stuff outside of when he was available for um like one of the the post game he's available once when they when he had a real nice game but he's it's been like two times out of 15 games it's he might have been available games. after the friday game <laughs> yeah i i but they don't really make him available that often he's not a regularly available guy um mm. and i think there's a reason for that because i think that there's some concern about the fact that he's going to get asked these questions because he is simply not playing and the reasons that he isn't playing are getting thinner by the day. Yeah, I don't he he barely played like he played 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a turnover. He had one foul. He made two of three shots while he was on the floor. Mm-hmm. He had seven, he had seven rebounds. The Mavericks don't know how to make entry passes to him. I just Yeah, like they had like the three open. turnovers trying to throw yeah. it to him in the, in the paint. Uh, but that's not Woods' fault. Um. Yeah, that's. I don't particularly remember him getting crushed defensively when he was out there. Um, they were doing a lot of blitzing and recovering, so I saw him having to sort of shift in rotation and turn his back to the ball to go cover. Who, and it's it's because of like what because they were sending a, like a soft double at Bones Highland to get the ball out of his hand, which mm-hmm. meant he had to rotate up and then he'd have to rotate back and. I yeah, the turning your back to the ball thing is one of those where I'm just like, oh no. But you know, if it's not like he can run backwards, he's got to find his guy. Right. He only played seven minutes in the second half. That seems crazy uh, when you're struggling to score uh, as much as they were. And I mean, it's not like, I mean, Denver shot forty percent in the second half. I mean, it's not like Denver was lighting. I mean, it was basically just bones. I mean, everyone that shot besides. Uh, Besides Bones was really just not really doing 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 much. Uh so yeah, that's I mean again, it's one of those things where it's like they they traded for him. They have to figure it out. Like he can't if he plays 17 minutes, scores five points, like it's just I mean, you're basically just running out the same roster as last season minus Brunson. And it's like that's just worse. Like you're worse. Uh, you know, green is a little bit better, but you know, right now Bullock is a little bit worse, and Finney Smith isn't playing as well as he played last last season. So I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know what to say anymore. Because I mean, how many times have we had a podcast where we're just like Christian Wood has to play more, and it doesn't happen? So you know, at least you know he played the last time he played. Uh, this the lowest minutes he played before this game was that Nets game where he played twenty one minutes, but he was like three of nine from the floor. He had four turnovers. So, like, he wasn't playing particularly well. Like, this game, like, I just – I didn't see anything that, that saw that he didn't need to be out there on the floor. Nothing really jumped out at me. Now, of course, 
you know, if we review it, you know, maybe there are just more mistakes that we didn't see, but like, I don't you know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see it. Um, that was just a weird, that was a weird game. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Um, and especially when, you know, a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr. can play 21 minutes and miss every single shot he takes. Uh, it's weird. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the Tim stuff is beyond silly. Like, oh, yeah. Reggie gets the most heat because he puts up, like, triple singles. Tim, to this point, is actively harmful because he can't play defense. He's not scoring, and he makes really awful decisions. I love Tim Hardaway. I have, I have like, two Tim Hardaway T-shirts. Like, he, he's been a guy that I really have enjoyed the turnaround that he experienced under Carlisle, but he's just been – he's been morbidly bad. Yeah, I mean, he was – he entered tonight shooting 33 from the field and 33 from three. Uh, that's going down. <laughs> so, I mean, that's hard. Yeah, the, I mean – The he, shots he, that he's taking are actively bad. Like, he's taking contested, nonsense shots. He's complaining about drives when he's out of control – I, I do not – I don't understand what he's thinking. Yeah, I mean, it feels like he's taking some shots because he's like, okay, if I get this down, yeah. like, I just need to get the monkey. Really like, he's pressing. pressing. Yeah, so – but, man, we're – he's played in the last five days. He's at an 0 for 7 and an 0 for 9. He um, was 33, on, 33 of 100 before tonight. I just checked it, and now he is a crisp uh, 33 for 105. So, yes. I just, from three so that's not yeah, good from three um yeah i mean you look at his last he had a good game against portland mm-hmm. uh, on, on november 12th and then over seven 10 of 26 three of six over nine uh in the next four games after that like that's just whew, that's rough so i don't know and the, the thing about it is is if he doesn't play who plays uh, i mean like yeah. Again, everyone's clam- Josh Green played thirty minutes. Like thirty I mean, minutes. Do you, right. do you want him to play thirty-five? Like I, I guess, but like, well, you know, that's there's... actually a fun thing to talk about. I think yeah. before we get out of Dodge, a lot yeah. of people like, like you're starting to see a weird clamoring for Jaden Hardy because oh, Jaden yeah. Hardy is putting up G League numbers. I am, I am willing to to have an open mind about six-three shooting guard Jaden Hardy. Watched him already. Probably watched him more than most people. Watch some Legends games. Let the G League and the NBA are different. That said, I don't hate the concept of when he's being called up to the Mavericks, the Mavericks finding a few minutes for him. But a few minutes is not going to be indicative of anything. It's just not. It's it's going to be whether he hits the two shots he gets. You know, they if Kid has taken almost a year and a half to trust Josh Green more, he's not going to trust Jaden Hardy. That's not yeah. to say anything about Jaden Hardy, really. It's people have to have reasonable expectations in relation to what the coaching staff and all these things are putting together. If you have a problem with the coaching staff, I understand. I'm mainly trying to hold my tongue about this until we get more time. But my early, my early thoughts are, I don't know what their, like what their, their coaching goals are because they're losing winnable games because of coaching decisions. So if that's the case, if they're losing winnable games because of things that I think are within the coaching staff's ability to edit and change, Jaden Hardy makes precisely zero difference unless everyone is ready to sort of throw their hands up about this season, which they shouldn't be. The Mavericks are 9-7. and seven. Great. Yeah, and it's tough. You know, I mean, we go through this anytime the Mavericks have sure. 
a young, you know, everyone loves the backup quarterback. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's common throughout sports, right? Like you just, the young, the young guy, cause he's unknown. So you, you just think you're like, man, what if this is, what if he's a Lynn sanity waiting to happen? You're just like, what if he went out there and he actually did it? And so I get it, but it's, you know, it's tough. It, it, it reminds me of like, the funny thing is, is a lot of this reminds me of like the free Roddy B stuff. Uh, when, you know, Roddy, uh, Rodrigo Bobois was a rookie in oh, yeah. 2010. 2009-2010, but the funny thing about Bubois was, like, he actually, like, when he played minutes, he would score, like, 20 points. Remember he had that 40-point game uh, against the Warriors that oh, season? Yeah. So it was, like, there was actually something to to back that up on. Like, Hardy is just, you know, you're just hoping on, on talent because <laughs> he does, you know, he does have talent, but, like, you know, he's he's – He's played 10 NBA minutes and he's missed all five of the shots he's taken in those 10 minutes. Like there's just the clamoring, you know, I think you make a good point. You've made this point before. Maybe you just kind of made it, you know, wanting to see Hardy play more because if they're losing these types of games, you just want to see him get on the floor and get some development time because he's only going to get better if he sees, you know, when he gets more minutes. Uh, That's one thing. But if you're counting on Jane, if you want Jane Hardy to play because you think he's going to, impact winning and help this team win games that they're losing that's the part where i'm like whoa like let's (laughs) let's maybe slow down here like i understand why you want to see him on the floor you want to see him get time he's a young player that's got some exciting uh, intangibles but if you think that Jaden hardy Jaden hardy getting minutes and being a rotation player is what's the difference between this mavericks team being a little you know you know, little roll up and down to you know being the, the great team that we think they can be like we gotta we got to tap the brakes a little bit, you know? Yeah. So. Well, this sucked. I'm going to go host a live <laughs> room where I'm going to get, like, I'm probably not going to be near as mad as everybody else. In there. Oh, people are going to be so mad. <laughs> it's going to be a contentious <sighs> live room. Which is tough because then they gin me up and then I say dumb shit. But, you know, I'm going to. And the Mavericks are going to beat the Celtics. And then everyone, after that game, right. everyone's going to go, how dare you? Well, how dare you? <laughs> and then they'll lose another. It's, the cycle continues. So I think we should probably run both of our columns tomorrow kind of as a both sides of and i'm just going to talk i want to talk about this you know it's in the podcast because i think the and and essentially guys i i wrote a column four five days ago that was kind of an evergreen column and it simply says the, the there's no help on the way for the mavericks none there's no trades coming there's this is the the mavericks got to dance with the with the team that 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 brought them so to speak um and that's not it's not a criticism in some of a column in so much as a laying out of this is how the Mavericks got to this point and why Josh and I have said repeatedly that the Mavericks need to take their medicine. This once Jalen Brunson walked, they were in such a world of hurt that we didn't really want to talk about what that meant in context of all the other either mistakes or gambles which didn't pay off going back to Luca's draft. I'm I I'm I doubt it'll even be that highly read because nobody likes reading about this stuff, but I'm gonna get it out there. I'm gonna be on the record so I can reference it and talk about it moving forward. I think your column is a bit of a counterbalance will make sense to say, would we even be talking about this had they won three of these losable games? Or I'm sorry, winnable games. Yeah. Probably not. No. 
It's just weird. It's a weird. This is the perfect team for everyone to just be mad and yelling at each other. It's it's kind of amazing. <laughs> like I've never seen anything like seriously. Like I, I'm put. It's going to be in the column. But like if you're listening to this, you haven't read it. Like seriously, just go to ESPN.com. Matt, click on Maverick schedule and look at each of the seven losses. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Every every one of them has like a really embarrassing, you know, face palm element to it. Uh, that I just I can't remember seeing you know the start of NBC like I don't think there's one loss this season where you can come away from it being like well they play you know it happens they played hard you know, they they lost like every single one is like well this guy this team was missing this guy or they were on the this team was on the same night back to back or they blew a big halftime lead or they blew a big fourth quarter lead like it's it's nuts and I don't know I hope I don't know if it's ever gonna stop like it, the fan base is just gonna like devour itself at this pace it's just wild. Well, the only flip side here is at least we don't have Kyrie fucking Irving on our basketball team because, oh, God, he returned tonight and said more things. Um, <laughs> you need to text Dalton if you haven't already. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm going to sass him about that. Yeah. All right, team. This has been Josh and Kirk. We'll be back. Uh, there's a Wednesday game. I may try to record a one-off podcast or two. We'll see. Uh, you know, Download and listen to Spotify Live, and we'll be back for that early Wednesday game against the Boston Celtics. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us for this longer-than-I-thought-it-was-going-to-be podcast, and have a great start to your week.